and we're back. Little dump on the yub. Season five, week nine. Ostensibly a baseball podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you much. Thank you very much for listening to us this evening. Broadcasting from Champaign, Illinois. My name is Joel. With me, as per usual, this evening are Sam and Eli. Fellas, how's it going? Hey, Joel, it's going well. This is Sam broadcasting at you live from Brooklyn, uh, as usual. Hey, how's it going, guys? This is Eli coming at you from Boston, recently named home to the worst metro traffic in the country. It sucks. Oh, yeah. Suck it, yeah. L.A. Yeah. yeah. Take that, L.A. Beat L.A. Beat L.A. Beat L.A. Gentlemen, this is our mid-season episode, and usually for these episodes, we like to try to focus on a single topic. Tonight's topic, we're talking MLB paydays as the off-season rounds up. Eli, what do you got for us tonight? Yep, thanks, Joel. Um, as he mentioned, today we'll be talking paydays. Yes, no, not the caramel and peanut candy bars that taste oddly like plastic made from milk, but rather the two $300 million-plus deals made between Bryce Harper and the Phillies and Manny Machado and the Padres, uh, which took place over the last couple weeks. The two MLB sluggers are making waves across all sports with the blockbuster deals, raising an important and hotly contested question in professional sports. Are players overpaid? Um, well, let me just say, before we get into this, I kind of like paydays. I, I, every time I've ever opened a payday, I've been like, what the fuck is the chocolate? <laughs> it looks like a regular candy bar that someone forgot to put chocolate on. Right. Yeah, no, I can see that. It's like, it's like, I, I'm into the concentrated peanuts. Right. Why don't you just eat peanuts? Because I like it in stick form. Like in the bottle. Yeah, okay. I get it. Yeah, full yeah. disclosure, plastic made from milk is not necessarily like an unappetizing idea to me. Milk plastic. Sounds great. <laughs> Similar to milk chocolate, just plastic. So I'll go yeah. out. By payday. <laughs> 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 yeah. I'll go out there first and I'll I'll make the bold assertion that they are not being overpaid. I may regret this, but I'll 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 be that guy this evening. I think that as revenues have continued to rise in Major League Baseball at a rate much faster than team salaries that baseball players have a reasonable complaint that they are actually underpaid, not overpaid relative to their status. I'm I'm gonna stand up for the big millionaire jocks. That's me. <laughs> Always stand up for the little guys. I uh well, I don't think they're underpaid. I think that that is an incorrect statement. Um, I think that all of this griping done about free agency 
uh, in the past couple years is rather, rather unfounded. Um, things seems like things are taking longer to materialize, but they're still materializing anyway. Agree. I agree. <clears throat> I also think that, you know, increased revenues in baseball have not a whole lot to do with the players themselves. They have to do more with like the increased value of advertising space, which, you know, the players have negative to zero impact on. Um, I think that, you know, a, I think that by that metric, a manager who like the manager who came up with the opener should be getting paid more because he's like making more pitching changes than anybody else. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that, um, you know, I think that there's been a lot of complaining about, well, why is Manny Machado not signed yet? Why is Bryce Harper not signed yet? And yet here we are with two 300 plus million dollar contracts, which have never been seen in any sport in the United States ever before. Right. I think it's hard to, if for listeners who listen to the Monday podcast, um, you know, every time that Bryce Harper will be coming to take an at-bat, he'll be making more in however many pitches he sees in that moment than the median salary of a person living in Philadelphia. So it's kind of hard to not think of you players. Said, you said 46,000 46, per at-bat, right? Yeah. Yeah. Versus okay. the median income, which is about forty-one thousand, and that's a and that's a number that's based on Bryce Harper having five hundred and fifty at bats every single one of his thirteen seasons on his contract. Right. Which, right. To be fair to the other side, that's probably pre-tax dollars. He probably gets a lot less than that after taxes. Just throwing that out there. Okay. But, um, uh, so just it it's hard to hear something like that and think that anyone in that scenario is not being overpaid. Uh, but to Joel's point, I do think that when you look at baseball overall um, as a business, that the ratio that's going to the players is actually not as much as um, what what it could be. And if... It's declined it, a lot. Well, it's grown. It's gr- So if... For anyone who's a nerd about numbers, you should definitely go check out this article on Forbes called Inside the Numbers. It was a February 11th article. Inside the Numbers, the player's salary battle lines between MLB and the MLBPA. Um, There's lots of really cool graphs and numbers and charts in there. Yeah, for people who are into that. But essentially, one, one of the charts in there shows that industry revenue, so the amount of sales, the amount of money that's coming in as an industry in MLB has grown from $5.2 billion in 2006 to $9.4 billion in 2018. So nearly doubling from 2006 to 2018. And the payments to major, minor, and amateur players during that period has grown from 2.9 to 5.1, more than doubling. So you could make the claim that... Three, two point nine to five point one. Yep, that's less than double. Oh, less than doubling. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Right, right, right. I Thank you for the quick math check. There. Side note: I made a tweet this week where I misjudged 
play with salaries by is like I forgot to carry a zero. <laughs> Twitter, I learned this week that Twitter cares way more about you when you're wrong than oh. when you're right. Right. Thank you. I meant to say less than half. So it's just showing in, in total numbers that, of course, player salaries um, are growing less fast than yeah. the industry. One of the things I'm wondering is like, okay, okay, so less money into the pockets of the players out of the total money that's coming into baseball each year. Like less of the total money coming into, the, into baseball overall is going into the pockets percentage-wise to the players. And so when you have like a, a Bryce Harper or a Manny Machado holding out for that major deal, they do have some stake in saying, hey, I want more money and I deserve more money because I'm bringing in money in, you know, I'm, I'm bringing in the dollars here, not you. That is to the owners. I think what's lost in all of this, though, is the fans. And, like, there's really little that's being given to the fans through all of this growing in money because it's not like ticket prices, at least in Fenway anyways, you know, those those fuckers go up like at least 15% every year. And so you're talking about like a $200 night out for some nosebleed seats and a hot dog and a beer. Uh-huh. So like there's no benefit to the average viewer through all of this. And I wonder whether or not there's any way to sort of like subsidize us. I'm looking I'm looking for some right. of the love here, you know? Right. Right. Well, that's what I was saying. Like is there is there a graph of like how much of that money in that time frame, like what percentage of it is coming from like uh, <clears throat> ticket sales and merchandising versus advertising? Like, is that shift changed at all in that time frame? Because my point is, is that like this revenue has very little to do with how the actual players play. It has to do with like, ad sales on the TV networks. Like, that's where all the money is coming from. And so that, and that's where the real value in baseball is. It's not in ticket sales. It's not in merchandising. Those are just like, it's not in fucking beers and hot dogs at the ballpark. Right. That's just, that's like, you know, what it used to be. But it's not that anymore. Right. That, that, you know, there's been a decline in attendance, um, which which the owners have been trying to pin on the slow free agency market that people are Uh. hesitant to, like, buy tickets because they don't know who's going to be playing for their team. But I think, you know, that's that's conflating two separate issues. Agreed. In that that's just this year or that's over that same period of time? Well, that is owners complaining about holding players holding out in the off season. You know, slow moving free free agency market. In that players are like, you know, I'm not gonna sign for the first deal that comes my way because you need to pay me more. So, as a way to sort of leverage the position of the owners at the negotiating table, they're saying, well, people aren't buying tickets because they don't know whether or not you're gonna be here, sort of thing. Right. But as you're saying, Sam, that is just not the case from a business perspective, because 
it's not like they're making the lion's share of their money from attendance, which has been declining. Right. So attendance is down, but revenue is almost double. And right. that, you know, that's my point. Yeah. Like the, the players are like bringing the people to the ballparks. They're not bringing the ad. They're not bringing in the ad sales. That's what I'm saying. Right. So that increase in revenue, like, I don't know that the players necessarily get to, like, claim ownership of that. That's what I'm saying. Well, I don't know if that's true at all, because, I mean, of course, these deals that they make it with with TV stations or whoever they are, the the broadcasting uh, outlets, those are contracts over X period of time, right? But... If you get someone who, like Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, who immediately have an impact on how popular your team is, which we've seen through you know immediate ticket sales going up in Philadelphia, along with um, jersey sales skyrocketing immediately after he was signed to the Phillies, you get to take that back to the negotiating table with the broadcasters and say hey look at how many eyeballs we have on our games it may not be asses in the seat but we're popular and you can sell that to advertisers so you need to give us a rosier deal in our contract together maybe but that's like a very small percentage of the major league like players group you know like mike moustakis is not Nobody cares. Like, I didn't know he was playing for Milwaukee at the end of last season, you know? Like, he's a good ball player, but he's not going to bring in advertising dollars. Like, you could say right. that maybe 10 players in the major leagues because the major leagues has a, like, celebrity problem. Uh, so here's my, my question, because, Sam, I really am fascinated by your claim, and I think it's a good claim that... Rising revenue is not correlated to player performance. Right. No, no labor v management relate. Well, I'm making the the widgets for you all day long, and if you start selling the widgets for more money, or selling more widgets, and making more money profiting off of that, then you have to give me, your worker, a higher share of your return because I'm the one making your widgets, right? Right. But in baseball, is that relationship broken? Is that relationship not the same? That the return on investment, the we're not selling widgets, we are getting advertising eyeballs. Right. And whether you hit the ball 32% of the time or hit the ball 30% of the time has a very minuscule amount to do with eyeballs on TV screens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think there's something to that. On the other hand, I would say what we do know is that the teams who spend the most win the most. And the teams that win the most tend to be the most popular. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I guess so. It's like, I think that if San Diego becomes, wins the World Series next year, like, and they sign, they have Manny Machado and what's his name comes out of his surfer, like, gets off his surf school and plays a really good year. Hosmer. Um, and they win the World Series, and they're a dynamic and exciting team. They're, it doesn't matter because a last-place Yankees team will still like produce more revenue because they're in a, like, a bigger marketing area. And they're the Yankees. And they're the Yankees. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever, the White Sox. Or whoever. Like, they're... Like the White Sox ad space is going to be worth more than the San Diego ad space. Okay. I think I think your best argument is actually the Cubs of the '90s, who were terrible year after year, but I'm pretty sure you could say they were still one of the most popular teams. But I have to check that. I think that there is inherent risk, though, in not investing appropriately in your commodity. I agree. Right? Like, if you if you all of a sudden think that you can sustain eyeballs, if that's how we're going to be measuring... With revenue. Revenue, revenue. is eyeballs. Right. It's our so, theory. It's our working theory. Right. If you well, I mean, our, the uh, revenue right now is the is the contracts that exist between the ball clubs and the broadcasters, or yeah. or the TV deals, and then the TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go and on. then that is, you know, that that's being sold for the ad revenue, and the revenue from that is based on eyeballs. Like, how many eyeballs can you get on that screen, and you can sell that to advertisers, and so if. I, I I think that if you don't like, maybe that's all you need though. Maybe all you need to do is get one flashy player on your roster, pay everyone else shit, you know, pay the one player the salary of eight others, and then just get a bunch of no names so that you have the people tuning in to see the one at bat from that one popular player, uh, and maybe you think you can skate by in that way, but. I don't think that's going to win you championships. I don't think that's going to get you to the playoffs. I don't think that that's going to sustain a franchise win record year over year. And I think that if you do that over time, more quickly perhaps than people think, you're just going to lose a whole bunch of viewers. And then what do you have to sell on? Well, that's probably why teams don't want to give the long contract out anymore. Like Manny Machado, 13, I mean, uh, Harper, 13 years, that's kind of unheard of. And nobody was offering Machado 10 years. And and it's because, you know, like you said, you're like, oh, we signed Bryce Harper. We have all of these ticket sales. We're going to have people watching a lot more TV. Like our ad space is worth more than it was last year. Bringing that to the table with the advertising companies like, how long does that last? Probably not 13 years, you know? Yeah, I mean, Bryce Harper, if you, if you think Bryce Harper is going to be as popular in 13 years as he is right now, 
I'm calling you a fucking liar. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, right, 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 right. I'm in agreement there. I think a case study is the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Right? They've got the best player in Major League Baseball. I think Mookie Betts is better right now than Mike Trout. Yeah, Gorn. He's yeah, Gorn. Gorn. Okay, I'll call Betts <laughs> the Gorn, but... The weatherman, though, the weatherman's the best player, right? And but but I don't, I mean it the way that you cannot build a baseball team around one superstar. The teams that pay the highest payroll are the teams that win the most. I'm talking about wins right now, not income, because the Red Sox win a lot. The Red Sox have a lot of revenue. The Red Sox have the highest salary in baseball as of 2018. And they had Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, and Chris Sale. David Price. And David Price, yes. He's the more expensive one. By far. Garbage time got you two postseason wins. Still, still sore about it. <laughs> no, I love him. I love him. Um, okay, what, what's my point? I'm still trying to figure out what my point is. That is there a, is can we find the exception to the rule of winning equals revenue for the team? I think that sustained winning equals sustained viewership for a franchise because yeah. if you have a team that's like goes to the playoffs two out of three years consistently yeah. then you're going to have an engaged fan base probably yeah um right and that's how you and you can take that to the bank right you can't take you can't throw manny machado on the last place padres and be like we are going to be worth so much more now because people are going to be paying so much more attention to us. Like that's not a guarantee. Right. <laughs> like a shitty company buying a really like well-known spokesperson and thinking Expensive. that is going to improve their product. Yeah. But I think that, you know, you also mentioned the weatherman and that's another thing I think that teams do to, cause I think that what you, what the teams are trying to do is like generate, maintained interest like for a while and i feel like one thing that like one way that teams do that is by investing in you know like the the rockies did with nolan arenado and the and the angels did with mike trout and clayton kershaw with the dodgers like they invest in their superstars they're their people and they're like telling their fan base like we we care about what you care about i guess right but here's it, a, sorry. Uh, well, here's just another thing about the weatherman. Um, and probably this is where it all sort of comes full circle to me is that the weatherman, Mike Trout, is. Up, I was about to say, I was like, how many listeners are like, who, know who the weatherman is? Yeah, for all the <laughs> listeners who don't know, Mike Trout is called the weatherman on this show because 
I can't even remember why. But he he's the weather he, channel. He loves the weather channel. That's right. Yeah. Favorite channel on cable. Right. That's how interesting he is. Yeah. Uh, so Mike the Weatherman Trout, um, his so he's facing free agency in two years. And the Bryce Harper and Manny Machado deals have already have people speculating that the weatherman, even two years older than now, could be facing a five hundred million dollar deal. That's half a billion dollars for one person to play baseball. And I think that when you tell an average fan that someone's making half a billion dollars, regardless of how much money is being made by the industry, that's ugly. I mean, that just doesn't feel right. And it doesn't, like, there's going to be a disassociation between fans and and players. And so I think, you know, I think where this all leads is towards some sort of renegotiation between the Players Association and the businesses um, that creates something that's a little more fair, whether it be revenue sharing or uh, caps. And um, I think that that's probably ultimately where it's headed. Or you're just going to see sort of an ugly, ugly business dealings happening between franchises and players. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, been ironic that the players union has fought so hard against a hard salary cap and now you're actually kind of looking at the reason why they might want to salary cap for equity reasons. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that, but it's a possibility. So here's, here's my question, though, and I, I still don't know if there is an answer for it, but let's go back to the Milwaukee, I mean San Diego Padres. Are they trying to win? Are they trying to build a winning team? Or are they trying to build a profitable team? And can that be separated from each other? I think that when the Chargers left Milwaukee to go to L.A., they kind of left a vacuum in the sports soul of the city that the Padres feel like they can step in and take. Because the Chargers were not unpopular. Right. San Diego just wouldn't build them a stadium, right? That's what that's why they left. It's because yep. they couldn't get a stadium. Yep. But they were a popular team. Like, the city loved them. And now you have a lot of – now you don't – you know, they don't have anything else. They're, they're the, the Padres are the only game in town now. And they feel, and I feel like rightly so, that they have a chance to kind of grab the interest of a lot of these kind of disenfranchised football fans. and. <clears throat> that's by making these moves, bringing in Hosmer last year, bringing in Machado this year, they have a really good farm system. If they can kind of prove, if they can get like something exciting going uh, and make a run at the NL West or the wild card, and they can possibly energize a fan base that previously didn't really care about them. I think that's the move for them. And they need to build sustained success. That's a hard thing. Right. Tampa Bay Rays went to the World Series one time, but can they build sustained success? Right. They don't have the money for that. Right. Yeah. It's all Elon's fault. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> um, 
I, you know, to that point, I think I can't remember who it was, but this was before the Bryce Harper. Um, uh, who was the other person that the Phillies signed? Joel, you said their Segura. name. Segura. So after yeah. that, I think it was. And the, sorry, go ahead. They've got a couple other guys. They've made them. They, I, I remember I was looking at it a couple of days ago. They've been making moves. Yeah, and they re-signed one of their young pitchers, or they, like, signed them to an extension. Right. So, at, I can't remember who it was, um, but it was after a signing of someone new. And I think it was Segura, maybe. Uh, the, you know, the, the owner was quoted, I think it was the owner, maybe it was the GM, was quoted as saying something along the lines of, you know, we're, we're in it to win it this season. He said something along those lines, right? And that was put into a headline and tweeted out into the Twitterverse. And then Buster Posey, who of course is a catch, you know, one of the top catchers in the MLB, he responded to that and he said, "Why, why as a team are you not in it to win it every single season? I mean, isn't that the point here?" And so, so you have one of the owners sort of admitting to the fact that that's not our focus. Well, it's a hard, it's hard, right? Because if you have contracts that you can't get rid of that aren't working out for you, like you know, you would nobody thinks that the Seattle Mariners are in it to win it this year. You know, everyone right. like Seattle Mariners are in it to win it in like twenty twenty three. That's all I'm saying. And so, it's, well, what about you? Can't unless you have endless money like the Red Sox or the Yankees or the Cubs or one of these other teams, you can't be in, in it to win it every year uh, unless you're very well managed, which yeah. none of them are. Yeah, I guess it was just sort of admitting it outright or, or not admitting it, but like, you know, yeah, this is our year where we're putting it all, all of our cards on the table sort of thing. It, it uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no. I don't want to get into the the cliche of the plight of the small market team, but it makes me think about the Kansas City Royals, that they took their shot, they got two World Series appearances and one World Series win. Is that the best you can do as a small market team? That's pretty good. I, yeah, yeah. But Seattle's never won the World Series, so... All right, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if we've decided anything. I think some some good points have been made. We should come back to this. We'll see what happens. I think if you spend more, you make more, you win more. Maybe not in that order. Takes money to make money. It takes money to make money. And it takes winning to make money. I don't think so. You don't think so? Yeah. I think you can be pretty profitable without winning, and that's what the owners are proving year over year. Yeah. yeah. That's right. It's the uh, Derek Jeter method of success. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Also, fuck Derek Jeter. Fuck Derek Jeter. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for listening to us. Hey, if you've got any input you want to share with us, please do. You can email us 
dubontheump at gmail.com. Tweet at us at dubontheump. Search for our Facebook page. Please give us a rate and review on itunes.apple.com. You can also subscribe to us on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash umpinhemp. Uh, <laughs> umpinhemp? Um, yeah. hey. Sounds sound Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great. Good Good talk. We'll do, we'll do another long form, format next week. Uh, but, yeah. Any last words, guys? Uh, yeah. Seattle Mariners. I found, I found it. I found it. It took me a while. Up and hemp, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, have a good night and a pleasant tomorrow. <laughs>